Welcome everybody, I'm Keith Ferrante. This is the Emerging Profit Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on here where I hope to see you go to the next level as an emerging prophet, as a healthy prophet, as someone that wants to bring the kingdom of God to this earth with power. Join me, let's listen in and hear what God has to say today. God bless you. All right, here we go, folks. How are you doing? Where are you coming from? I'm so excited about our time, our podcast today and our Emerging Profit podcast. Come on, it's time to see a million profits raised up in every sphere of society. That's why we're doing this, guys. I want you to see yourself in each of these sessions. I want you to find yourself. That's the goal is to find who you are as a prophet, the style of prophets you are, the different characteristics of the prophets I'm talking about that you resonate with, because I want to begin to identify them, identify yourself. Like uh, when I started doing a discovery of the 79 named prophets in the Bible and just trying to understand prophets, the Lord told me, I want you to understand the different prophets in the Bible so you can spot them in people. So you can say, ah, that's you. You got the grace of Barnabas, the encourager. You have the boldness of Peter. You know, it's like, I want you to you have the Joseph grace, administration grace, the ability. Like it, it's going to help you identify the different prophets. And so this is this is this is this is a passion of mine, guys. And, and you know what? You know what? One thing I'm seeing in this in this season, one thing that sets apart prophetic people from prophets is equipping. Everybody can prophesy and is supposed to prophesy. But prophets equip. So this is really helping me in this season because I get around some people that are have a really strong prophetic gift. And I'm like, wow, are they a prophet? And I have to realize, no, they they could they could be emerging. Who knows? I mean, maybe God has maybe it's kind of dormant and he and he's gonna move them that direction, but they can't go into the office of the prophet until they equip and, and they and they become an equipper. And that's super important. And there, there's a variety of ex- ways that you can equip. In a variety of, uh, you know, I checked out that word once, equip. And it's like, it's not just teaching. There's so much to do with like impartation and and like, uh, it just has a different connotation. So I could see equipping doesn't have to be like you're sitting and teaching 30 people how to prophesy. But it's it's like, uh, it, it, could, it could have all, all sorts of shapes. You could be walking with people, mentoring people. People could be seeing, watching your life. You could, I mean, you could be doing it just a variety of different ways. So I, I kind of have a, a broader s- scope for what I believe equipping is, but you still have to be equipping people with your, uh, they have to be, they have to be growing from their, their walk with you. Like, are, are they, are they learning to s- step into what you're doing? If not, the equipping capacity is not there. They're just prophesying. They're just ministering. They're, they, and, and we, and we need that. We're thankful. We're thankful for prophetic people. We need them. I mean, you can be super powerful and be a prophetic person, but we need, we need some prophets. And that's what this training is about. And I want to talk to you today about Jeremiah. Jeremiah, of course, he's known as the weeping prophet. But let's just talk a little bit about him. I want you to find yourself. Don't, don't, don't just kind of write, write it off because, oh yeah, Jeremiah. I don't, I don't really hear any good things about Jeremiah. I mean, he's such a, such a sad guy. I mean, there's, there's kind of like, a, the, uh, you know, how people receive Jeremiah. Some people are like, you know what? I feel like Jeremiah. That's my life. It's like Jeremiah. And, you know, I notice people like that. They're usually like, my life's like Jeremiah or my life's like Job. And I'm like, you know what? 
I don't want us to have the model of persecution, the model of loss. That's not what a new covenant healthy prophet should be should be thinking about. I'm just drinking some water here. Uh, I, 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 we're supposed to be filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. So our main character, our main heart, our, our main emotions should still coming be coming from joy, peace, love, connection, and not loneliness, not rejection, not a sense of persecution, not tears all the time. Like I, I remember even in, in, in a season of, of intercession where I was just praying for the nations and I would just be so heavy. I'd be so heavy. And then God would be like, Keith, I want you to give that over to me. You know, and I want you to laugh. I mean, I, he let me he let me feel it for a little while, but he's like, no, now give it over to me. And I think that's like even for us, if you feel like, man, I'm I, I resonate with Jeremiah. I'm more of a weeper. I pray, I grieve over the the people don't want you know not wanting God and 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 issues going on. I'm like, yeah, do it. But then you got to turn it over. It's got to be God's burden, and you can't have a pers- person a personality that's that's more like sedated and serious. I mean, you really need to learn to smile. That's what new covenant prophets do. And but let's go into just into the uh to the history of Jeremiah a little bit. He was born about 650 BC. His father was Hilkiah, a priest. So notice Jeremiah is a priest from a priestly family. People like Amos, they come from uh, like a, a business family, a farming family and and sheep herders and and God raises up prophets like Amos it's, it's like, I think it's so important for us to see ourselves. It's like, well, I'm not a priest. I don't come from a priest. Could I be a prophet? Well, you got Amos. But some of you are like, well, I'm just a pastor. Well, in a sense, let's connect, let's connect Jeremiah. His father was a priest, so he came from a priestly line. But God called him to be a prophet. <clears throat> like, that's me. That's Keith. I mean, I'm a third generation pastor. I never thought in the world I'd be a prophet. But I am a I am a. I am a, I'm really a, a pastor still at heart. I, I, I am a prophet and that's, that's, that's why, you know, that's what my ministry is all about and that's what opens the doors for me is the prophet side. I have apostolic grace. So guys, don't kind of, uh, don't disconnect yourself from other, you know, from, you know, don't disqualify yourself because you have uniquenesses about you. That's what makes you unique. We all, we all have uniquenesses about us, but his father was a priest. His home was a village about four miles north of Jerusalem. He was very young when called by God as a prophet, Jeremiah 1, 1 through 10. It's, uh, I think, about 17 years old. He wasn't a poor man, which is interesting. You can see in Jeremiah 32 and 36, he owns property. He has a personal secretary. I mean, I don't know. Uh, he, he, has, he has something, uh, which, which I think that's interesting too. It's like, what? You could become from a priestly family. You could be a prophet. You could have something. Yeah, you know what? He ministered to kings. Now, what was was he like a, a John the Baptist style of ministering to kings, like to Herod, like where he just was like the camel skin and and locust eating kind of prophet? And I don't think so. I think he was he was a little bit more kingly. And there's there's you know what? If you're going to be a prophet in a, a, a king's in the king's world, then you're probably going to have a different look about you. You're probably going to be acclimated to kingly things just like other prophets like Nathan and other prophets that kind of lived in the courts of the kings David and others uh but that that's you know you're still you're still going to deliver the word of the lord but you're going to you're looking a little bit different uh 
God told Jeremiah not to marry or have a family, which is interesting. Jeremiah 16, 1 through 4. So there are some that have been chosen by God to not have family, not have children. Paul the apostle was like that. Now, this is not this is not like some higher purpose than people that have a family. It's a different purpose. It's just like the way God, God sometimes has some unique things for prophets. Like there's unique things, like, like the uniquenesses make the prophet, uh, uh, his voice or her voice heard. It, it's in, in, in the right way. Like the priestly side of him is going to open up certain doors. The side that he has a property and he has a personal secretary, that's going to open up some doors. The fact that he was set apart by, uh, by God to be a prophet at a young age is going, to, is going to have a unique twist to it. The fact that he's not married is going to have a unique twist to it. Now, of course, we've seen people that's like, okay, God, I, I, you know, I remember one amazing prophet, but it's like he was, he, you know, he said he had this calling. Okay, God set me apart. I'm not to marry. And then he ended up in a homosexual relationship. So I'm kind of like, uh, I mean, God redeemed it and restored it, but... You, you gotta like, don't, don't, you know, try to be in this status of God called me not to be married and then burn with passion. Scripture says it's better to marry than burn with passion. Like, don't try to be all spiritual about your prophetic call. It's like, you know what? I'm single and God called me. And do you actually have grace? Because if not, don't, don't make a fool. Don't, don't like, you know, grow as a prophetic minister and then make a you know, kind of, kind of make a fool of things, make a fool of yourself, hurt people because in reality you should be married and you need to focus on getting married. I've just seen some prophetic people. It's like, you know what? You need to get married. You need to get married. It's going to take this. It's going to, there's, there's something about certain single people that you can tell. It's like they, they, they kind of have a a honing signal out. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what the right thing is that's like a scent it's kind of like dogs in heat if I could say this sorry if I'm that's a little too graphic it attracts other dogs it's kind of like sometimes if people are not really set apart to God their singleness and and their need for intimacy kind of attracts the uh, people to them you know attracts the opposite sex to them or attracts a battle to them um, and so if you're gonna if you're gonna be single then go the distance Go the distance in God. Do it right. Make sure that it really is a calling. I mean, you look at the Catholic Church and the priest of the Catholic Church and all the, and all the, uh, you know, the problems over the years that they've had. I mean, that's no different than any other church kind of scenario. It's not like they have, they're they're just like, oh, they have a problem. But they do have this whole thing of, you know, if you're a priest, you're celibate and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, did it work? I mean, for some it did, but for some it didn't. So. Like don't, don't, don't get into a system that says you have to be single when in reality, you could be an amazing prophet and be married. There's some amazing prophets that were married in the Bible. So don't like, look at the model. What we're looking for is models, guys. Like Jeremiah is a model, but he shouldn't be everybody's model. Uh, His name means chosen by God. Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah means chosen by God. It means God has, Jehovah has appointed, which I love that. He was set apart by God. He was appointed. He's often, of course, called the weeping prophet because he shed tears over the sins of his people, which, you know what, I think is pretty good. You think about it, we have to be in new covenants. So we got to run all the new Old Testament prophets through the new covenant to see what we are supposed to operate like. We can't be like, okay, picking like, like you know, like, hey, I'm going to call down fire on cities like Elijah. No, we're like, that's Jesus rebuked his disciples for wanting to do that. What, you know, that's not, that's not the right spirit, he told them. 
you know, they wanted to call down fire on the Samaritan village. He's like, that's not the right spirit. So like, don't, we, you know, we have to run everything through the cross and then determine what kind of characteristics we can still operate in. It doesn't, it doesn't mean we can't learn from the Old Testament prophets, but we can't operate in everything that they operate in. But I would say that the weeping side of Jeremiah is okay. He's this, like his heart is broken over the fact that the people of God don't want to listen to God, like they're disobedient, like they're sinning, like they're coming. I mean, guys, you should feel some sense of grief over people falling short of the word of God. Like we have two different types of people out there today. Like one type is like a people that are just like like this. They're, they're just, they're so, they, they have empathy for people in sin, but they don't have, they don't have sadness that people are sinning. See, there's a difference. There's two types of people. People that have empathy for sinners, and then they kind of like leave them in their sin. And then there's people that are so sad that people are sinning. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, we want to be sad that people are sinning. We want to have sadness that's, that morals are are, are, you know, are not what God wants them to be. But then we have to find the joy and we have to find the strategy that's what we're called to as a prophet, to see that turn around because we're ministers of reconciliation. So we might start with tears, but then we have to move to joy. We have to move to reconciliation. We have to move to, okay, how are we going to see the breakthrough here? That's my heart always. How am I going to see where I live, California, turn back to God? What can I do to raise up people and uh, prophets and an army and kings and influencers that are going to shift the moral uh, you know, decay in our state and, and it's like turn it back to God. So I, I, I might be grieved by it for a little bit. And, and then I, you know, then I have to go to joy and I have to go to strategy. And that's, that's a greater, that's, that's going to be a better sustainable approach for you as a new covenant prophet. But I love Jeremiah's calling called at 17, uh, similar to Samuel who was called at 12. God calls him, verse 7, don't say that you're too young to Jeremiah. Do not say, I love this. Once again, here's, a, here's another example of a prophet. He's a young prophet. Some of us feel like, oh man, I don't know if I can be a prophet. I'm too young. Or I don't know if I can be a prophet. I'm too old. Guys, listen, God could call you and he could like be waiting for you to be in your 70s before he actually has your ministry come out. Or he might want you to just go for it at 17 or 12. Like Samuel's words, it took 22 years for him to come to all Israel. So Samuel was like 12, but then it was like 22, 32. He might have been like 34, something like that before. He's really an office prophet. So you could, so there might be a few years still, but it's like, hey, this Jeremiah, God calls him a prophet at 17. He's starting to step out. He's starting to step into some stuff. And um, that's awesome. Like, don't despise it. I mean, if some people have a young calling and God really called them as a, as a prophet, like set yourself apart, go on the journey between the calling to the office, get healthy so you can get heard, all that sort of stuff. And, I, and, and the Lord starts speaking to Jeremiah in, in, in Jeremiah chapter one, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the people. This is, a, this is an exhortation that every prophet needs. Like, hey, don't be afraid, guys. Like, don't be afraid of... Um, uh, you know, the people that you're called to speak to, don't be afraid of the issues you're dealing with. Like learn wisdom, learn wisdom. I think there's some wisdom. Like we don't have to just be confrontive every time and be rejected. It's like, okay, confrontation, I'm thrown in jail. Confrontation, I'm kicked out of a church. No, I think, I think we need to learn wisdom, guys. I think sometimes we just, we're not very wise with how we go after um, 
you, you know, uh, like how we go after releasing the word of the Lord because we have kind of an Old Testament model. It's like a very confrontive model. And I remember even walking with one of my mentors saying, Keith, I think you need to get a different model than just Elijah. You, I think you probably need to get a Daniel model in how you look at you know, prophesying and ministering to kings and, and how you view kings. Because I used to like, okay, I'm Elijah, they're Ahab. And it's Ahab and Jezebel. And it's like, that's, that's, like such a, that's like such a picture that so many of us that are prophetic take on. And I think it's like, no, get another picture. Get a Daniel picture. Like Daniel just had empathy and love for the king, even wicked kings. And I mean, he had a strength about him. There was times he kind of was like, okay, you know what? Your, you know, your, your days are numbered. And then that was true. It came to pass. But you notice overall, Daniel's ministry was a ministry of reconciliation. He had a good new covenant. Uh, he had a new, new covenant heart, even in the Old Testament. And so guys, don't, don't, you know, don't be afraid of people, but don't also do stuff in a way that creates extra persecution extra you know like don't have a complex i'm a loner some people i was like i just get around different prophets that we're training it's like uh, hey it's you know hey i've been kicked out of my church i've been this i'm like you know what you probably had a good word maybe maybe you got the starting of a word but you didn't have the right you didn't have the right interpretation you just wanted to say hey you guys are out of line and it's like hey it's it's one thing to point out the problem it's another thing to to find the solution like i mean i remember just Come, you know, my my journey of learning that it's like I would I would just see the problem. I'd be so upset about it. It's like, hey, the problem's obvious. Where's the solution? What's the answer? And we need to get better at looking for answers as prophets, guys. Like we need to not be thinking like my job is to warn. My job is to judge. No, like like warnings and 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 are like like should be last minute. Should be like last last things. Like the judgment seat has like, to me, like six to eight levels on it. The Lord showed me the judgment seat. And like the first level of judgment is like, actually like reward. God rewards. Like his judgments are always not, not always bad. It's like rewarding people for the good they've done. That's a judgment. He decrees it. That's what a judgment, a judgment is a decree. This is what I decree. You will be blessed. Like judgment is a starting point and, and prophecy. God prophesies. That's a part of judgment. Hey, let me leave, release a prophecy. That's a part of him releasing a decision. That's what a judge does, release decisions. And But then as you get farther along, if people aren't listening, yes, a warning does come. It's like raising kids. Eventually, if they don't listen and, you, and, and you're, you're trying to get them to be motivated by reward. Hey, if you do this, then you'll get... 30 minutes on your video games. Or if you do this, we'll go out and get you an ice cream. Like that's how, that's what you're doing when you're at the first part of raising kids. But if they don't listen, then you start warning them. Like, why do we all think as prophets that like, like, like warning is our only tool? Like, let's, let's just kind of get better at like the blessings, the rewards, the prophecies, the exhortations. Those are a part of the judgment seat. And then eventually, Maybe eventually we, you know, there are some times where we have to give some warnings, but it's in relationship. We're doing it as a father. Our heart doesn't want to give, uh, you know, and like, and like, like we might give a warning, but we're so happy when people respond and they, and they, and it's like, it doesn't have to go to a, a more severe, like sometimes even with raising your kids, it's like, okay, you didn't listen. 
I've given you this warning. I've given you what? Now here's the consequence. Like we should never like be like, yeah, I want to prophesy the severity. No, the severity is the last, last straw. And you shouldn't always be like, well, God just called me the ministry of severity. No, you should be like, occasionally there is some severity in situations, but like 98% of the time, it's, 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 not, it's not that hard. Like guys, I, I have had to get severe with a couple with a couple students, like after several years of, of, of reward, trying to reward them, trying to encourage them, trying to help them grow, you know, they wouldn't listen. They got worse and worse. They, you know, they, they wouldn't listen to me. They wouldn't listen to others. We, we did all the right steps. And it's like, then I had to get more severe in my consequences. Like, okay, you know, and then there was a discipline. Then there's like, hey, you know what? You can't be a part of our community. It got like, hey, boom, kibosh, you're out. It's like, but that was like the last straw. But you know what? It didn't stay there. It took them like a year. And then they finally kind of shifted a little bit. They finally kind of have a shift. And so I'm like, hey, come back. Come back. We want to give you a chance. Here's some boundaries. So we brought them back into the community. And that's that's kind of how it should be. It's like, it's, it's this is how judgment, if you're like someone that feels like judgment, no. It should be in a whole context of wanting to reconcile people, wanting to work with people, wanting people to get breakthrough, wanting to speak to things. And then if they don't listen, then eventually you're kind of moving them back. So like, guys, you know what? I, I, I want to stop here for, for today. I'm actually going to do two parts to this Jeremiah. There's so much richness actually in this prophet and in, in his journey that I want to, I don't want to, um, uh, you know, just try to put all the rest of it into this, this session. So guys, I, I want you just to think about like some of the things we talked about as a, as a pro, you know, with Jeremiah and, and yourself, like, like, where are you at on the Richter scale of one to eight with, with judgment? Like, do you lean towards the higher level Do like towards judging and towards, you know, the bringing the kibosh down on people, bringing the severity on people? Do you need to build a letter, little better, um, uh, you know, like as a father would, you need to get more kindness towards people. You need to walk with people more patiently. All those kind of things. Like ask yourself that question. And then as you're looking at yourself as a prophet, do you disqualify yourself because you're too young? Because you, you, you come from a priestly family or you don't come from a priestly family or maybe you're too old. Like, like, the, like take, the, take the, you know, the conversation we were having about like embracing the kind of prophet you are and the uniquenesses, and like write down some of your uniquenesses. What what is the kind of your life story that makes you unique as a prophet? Because we want you really to embrace it and recognize that's a part of your uniqueness as a prophet. That's a part of what gives you your voice and get and and, and creates um, a, an audience that needs to hear what you have to say. And and then 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 uh, and so take some time and do that. And then also um, take some time and just think about. Like, are you an equipper? And is there some areas you can start stepping into equipping? And what does equipping look like for you? Or are you just someone that loves the prophetic? And like, maybe you call yourself a prophet, but how are you equipping people? Like, how are they actually being equipped? Are they actually being built up? Are they being moved forward? Are they being advanced? Are they being prepared? Are they becoming more like Christ? Like, those are the kind of things we're looking for in prophets. So, hope this was helpful for you guys. I so love doing these. And we'll bring... We'll bring Jeremiah part two to you real soon, man. If you love what we're doing, just go online and join us, man. You can join our Emerging Prophet movement. 
join our All Things Prophetic group, our free group. And then, you know, at some point you can join our movement, our family of people that we're training every every week. So many times every week we have a whole team. We're raising up profits. That's our mandate. We got to get so many profits in so many different uh, arenas of influence. So come on, guys. You got to be a part of this. It is, God has such an amazing plan for this. So man, bless you guys. Have an awesome day. We'll talk to you guys again real soon. Peace. If you've enjoyed this Emerging Profit podcast and you want to check out more resources from us, you can go to our website at emergingprofits.com or you can watch us weekly on Facebook in our free Facebook group, All Things Prophetic. We so hope you're enjoying everything that you're receiving. Have an absolutely amazing day. God bless you.